Well, so let's go ahead and do chapter 10. It's going to be quicker. Uh, <clears throat> so this is still week eight, and I guess we're up to part D. Um, so, and now I, Jacob, speak unto you again, my beloved brethren, concerning this righteous branch of which I have spoken. Um, remember the branches, we're already, we haven't even gotten to Jacob 5. We're hip deep in the uh, allegory of the olive tree. Um, they're speaking in these terms already because they've been reading this on the brass plates, right? Um, and this righteous branch we're going to see is going to be, well, I mean, a branch could be a person uh, in in Joseph uh, Joseph's blessing from ne and Lehi. We saw that there was a branch that was the Messiah and a branch that wasn't the Messiah, but that was the restorer, the, the seer, right? Only this is going to be a group of people. Uh, so it can be a person or it can be a group. Two. For behold, the promises which we have obtained are promises unto us according to the flesh. Wherefore, as it has been shown unto me that our, many of our children shall perish in the flesh because of unbelief, nevertheless, God will, be, God will be merciful unto many, and our children shall be restored, that they may come to that which we, to, they may come to that which will give them the true knowledge of their Redeemer. Notice that um, from, from time to time, especially in the beginning, um, chapters of the Book of Mormon. People are wondering, well, does it is this to do with the flesh or is this in the spirit? Um, and, and so, you know, we we know already that in 600 BC and, and long before, people were already spiritualizing the scriptures. They were saying, well, this is an allegorical. And this, okay, well, there is the allegorical. Of course, there is, um, but not everything is allegorical and. And it is a and it's a trick and an easy one uh, to to take the thing that you don't like that's supposed to be literal in the flesh and make it allegorical. So we have to be real careful because there is allegory. There are things that really are just uh, spiritual. There's both. Okay. So the, so they're they're grappling with that distinction because this is what the Deuteronomists did, right? They allegorized things. They uh, frankly they allegorized God. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, God used to be this, you know, in the flesh kind of thing, a, a, a person with the form of man that had a son, that had a wife, you know, uh, and they allegorized that and made it uh, philosophical and beyond reach and so forth like that. Well, let's see. Um, so, but the but the idea of verse two is that they're going to be restored to whatever whatever this is that will give them the true knowledge of their redeemer. Verse three. Wherefore, as I said unto you, it must needs be expedient that Christ, for the last night the angel spake unto me that this should be his name, should come among the Jews, among those who are the more wicked part of the world. <clears throat> and now, what, what can make them classify as wicked? Well, because they know to do well, and they decided not to do it. And they shall crucify him, for thus it behooveth our God. We read almost the same thing before. Thus it behooveth our God, and there is none other nation on earth that would crucify their God. This is why Jesus had to be born in Jerusalem. No one else would have done this. Right? Now, let's go back to this. And <clears throat> um, we kind of touched on this. Okay, we touched on this. And, I, and then I, as I thought about how I presented this, I thought, that may not have made any sense at all. Um, he says, it must needs be expedient that Christ should come among the Jews. Oh, last night the angel told me that this should be his name. Um, hang on now. Uh, didn't they already know the name that he would be called Messiah, which is the same, you know, Christos is the is the same thing as Messiah, 
right? Anointed, the anointed one, Lehi had said this. Well, knowing the name of God, as we said, was a huge responsibility and privilege, and it was illegal to use it in certain ways, to divulge it in certain ways, and we said, why? We said that it was used in temple ritual as the key word to grant access to a certain place. And so if you misuse that, you could be really in big trouble, <laughs> right? Um, and then I thought about, okay, well, I, I alluded to these psalms, I alluded to Psalm 24, and then I and, and I kind of thought, well, we talked about that in the Old Testament, but may, maybe you weren't with us in the Old Testament. Let's let's revisit that. So I so I drug up Psalm uh, 24 in the NRSV, which is not perfect, but it's good. Um, and so this is Psalm 24. It starts as all good covenant renewal kind of things do with the creation. Now, this is in highly summarized form. The earth is the Lord's and all that are in it, the world and all those who live in it, for he has founded it on the sea and established it on the rivers. Now, just imagine if they used that quick summary, uh, you know, in the in the endowment ceremony. We, we, we'd only be there for 20 minutes. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Verse 3. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Now, this is not Latter-day Saint scholars. This is this is uh, the the foremost um, uh, Gentile scholar, well, I don't know, Gentile Christian scholars. Uh, they're talking about this being a procession, okay? A procession. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? They're actually going up the hill of the Lord because Jerusalem is in, is at the top of the city, right? And who shall stand in His holy place? And here's the here's kind of the uh, Okay, everyone, we're, we're on our way to the temple. Examine yourself. Give yourself the temple recommend uh, questions. Who shall ascend? Who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear deceitfully. This is, uh, this is the abbreviated version of the, of the temple recommend. There are other psalms where there's a more lengthy list of all the things that you can't be guilty of if you want to, uh, you know, be safe being in the temple, right? Verse 5, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of God. Um, now, uh, company is incorrect. Uh, there are different ways that this is translated, but realistically, um, one of the ways you can translate uh, the the syllables, well, the, the consonants dr, is as circle, and this makes good sense for us. This is the circle of those that seek Him, seek the face of God. Um, we stand in a circle, and it's immediately after that that we stand before the veil, seeking the face of God. Face meaning presence. You could, you could, you could, you could translate this to the presence of God, right? Um, because we're seeking entrance into the holy places. So this, to us, this makes perfect sense to translate that way. Um, so they're anticipating that. Then they say, lift up your heads, O gates. So, so it's the, it's the arri arriving company saying, you know, hey, open to us, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Then they're answered back, who is the king of glory? They answer back, the Lord mighty and strong, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your gates, O gates. Lift your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come, come in. Um, then they're answered back again, Who is this King of Glory? And they say, 
the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. That's the password. Now, this again, this is not Latter-day Saints saying this. This is, uh, this is other, other scholars, right? So that, so that it's the name, the name of God that is the key word there, okay? That's why an angel has to say, yeah, go ahead and tell him. <laughs> right? Go ahead and tell him. Now, what, what was that name on the plates? Who can guess? It wasn't the Greek Christos, right? It was something else that corresponds to that, right? It wasn't Messiah because that's already been, you know, part of it, you know. That's already been shown in the record. It was something else, some other name of, of Christ, right? But but God wants to make sure we know that uh, who, who he's talking about. So the translation is Christ. For in the last night, the angel spake that that should be his name, right? God wants us to know this is who they're talking about. Whatever the name was on the plates, doesn't matter. Okay, now we're back to 2 Nephi 10, verse 4. For should the mighty miracles be wrought among other nations, they would repent and know that he be their God. But because of priestcrafts and iniquities, they had Jerusalem will stiffen their necks against him that he be crucified. Now, priestcrafts, I think this is our first introduction to this word here. Um, and pre so a craft, a craft is, uh, it's not arts and crafts for, for um, Book of Mormon first generation readers. It's not arts and crafts. A craft is a livelihood, right? So you make your livelihood by, by your priesthood, um, which we are forbidden to do. Now, I know that's not a big issue for a lot of saints today. We're super conscious about that in our country. There's a separation of church and state, and so that's a pretty easy one for us. We got our other things we gotta worry about, but um, but that's an important. That, that's what that is because of because of making their livelihood by their priesthood and sin. They at Jerusalem will stiffen their necks against him that he be crucified. This picks up on a theme that we don't notice very much. Remember that Jesus accuses the Pharisees. Uh, well, okay, it's not hard to see that the that the temple priests, the high priests, and so forth like that, they were in cahoots with Rome, and they were appointed by uh, you know political uh, infighting and maneuvering and murders and things like that. Uh, so you know, it's no wonder that that, that uh, the Christian movement and the and the Essenes and others considered the temple priesthood to be illegitimate in that age. Um, but even the Pharisees, Jesus accuses them of being greedy uh, for money. So, uh, so so this is what I think is, is it's going back to priestcrafts, making their living this way. All right, verse 6. Therefore, because, wherefore, because of iniquities, destructions, famine, pestilence, bloodshed shall come upon them, and they who shall not be destroyed shall be scattered among all nations. And it was a real big scattering, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, Jews everywhere, Jews, Jews everywhere, and only a handful of them in the Holy Land um, throughout the centuries. 7. But behold, thus saith the Lord God, when the day cometh they shall believe in me that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers that they shall be restored in the flesh. Again, we got, we got, we're, not, we're not just talking about a spiritual restoration here, we're talking about in the flesh restoration. Okay? Upon the earth, under the lands of their inheritance. And we talked about last time that uh, fully one-fifth of this up-and-coming generation of Jews says yes to the notion Jesus was God. 
So that's stunning. And, and so from this, I think we have to say, well, we're at the beginning of the gathering. There's, you know, m most, most Jews in the world don't live in Israel. Um, they have better sense than that, <laughs> frankly, with the current conditions, you know. They're, the, only, the only people that, uh, the only Jews that want to live there, uh, it's because it's worse, it was worse for them in Ethiopia. So the Falashas came to Israel and they had to be airlifted out. Uh, and from Russia, and from Iran and Iraq, and et cetera, like that. Right? They only go into Israel from places where it was worse for them, right? But for America, eh, you know, they want to keep a foot in both worlds. And who can blame them? Okay. Uh, let's see, it's verse 7. But behold, thus saith the Lord God, when the day cometh that they shall believe in me that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers that they shall be restored in the flesh. Oh, I just read that. <laughs> and it shall come to pass that they shall be gathered in from the long dispersion from the isles of the sea and from the four parts of the earth. Remember that the earth is in four parts. There's four corners of the earth. There's four quadrants of the earth. There's four parts, right? Uh, the earth is four. The heavens are three. Four and three, seven. Perfection. Okay. Um... And the, and the nations of the Gentiles shall be great in the eyes of me, saith God, in carrying them forth to the land of their inheritance. So as we read about the Gentiles, just remember that Gentile, goyim, is nations. So think about the, think about nations. That's probably a better word for us to use now. Um, uh, Gentiles has so much other connotations that I don't really think are here. Uh, in this in this phase of the Book of Mormon, verse nine, yea, the kings of the Gentiles, the nations, shall be nursing fathers unto them, and their queens shall become nursing mothers. Therefore, the promise of the Lord are great unto the nations, for He hath spoken it, and who can dispute? But behold, this land said said God shall be a land of thine inheritance, and the nations shall be blessed upon the land. And this land shall be a land of liberty unto the nations. And there shall be no kings upon this land who shall be raised up unto the nations. Right? You get the idea. Um, so, so, so how about this? Um, the Gentiles shall be blessed. The nations shall be blessed upon this land. This is uh, this is that the Gentiles, the nations, will be grafted in to Lehi. This is the consistent picture of the Book of Mormon. That we are grafted into Lehi. Now, uh, that hasn't really panned out in, our, in terms of our... Uh, terms of our patriarchal blessings and things like that right but but what do we do well guys we run the church uh after the pattern set by the nephites we right i mean more so than i i think than uh than the bible we're we end up being i hope disciples of mormon you know, kind of like, uh, you know, we could be disciples of Paul. Okay, we're disciples of Christ, of course. But, I mean, we follow a lot of the patterns uh, that, uh, uh, in the way that the Nephites describe it, because that's our principal book. So, in that sense, at least, we're grafted in. We share this land with them. We I think we inherit the same blessings with them. Okay? Uh, even if our genealogy, our spiritual genealogy, doesn't necessarily change. Um, verse 13, And he that fighteth against Zion shall perish, saith God. Uh, how about, um, going down to 16, Wherefore, he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, both male and female, shall perish, for they are they who are the whore of all the earth. For they, uh, 
for they who are not for me are against me, saith the Lord. Now this makes us have to go all the way back to the great and abominable church um, of First Nephi, 14, 15, and such. Um, <clears throat> the great and abominable church uh, was equated there, or you know, the, the imagery was equated to the whore of all the earth, and, and that's the imagery that John uses, is the anti-tree of life, the anti-wisdom, the great and spacious building, right? And I love what this says, because uh, th this is a good clarification, I think. It's whoever fights against Zion. You know, we're, we're trying to build Zion, whoever fights against that, that's the great and abominable church, right? And it's not restrictive. You don't have to be someone great to be, you know, part of this anti-movement, anti-God movement, right? Jew and Gentile, bond and free. You could be a slave <laughs> and be, you know, part of the great and abominable church. And then they're probably saying, well, bring on the fine clothes then. Well, maybe. Um, right. 17. For I will fulfill my promises which I have made unto the children of men that I will do for them while they are in the flesh. So this, again, this emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. This is this is not spiritual so much. We're talking about what we're going to do physically in the physical world. Right? Um, in 18, he's going to soften the hearts of the Gentiles. He's going to consecrate. Oh, this is worth it. Uh, 19. Wherefore, I will consecrate this land unto thy seed and them who shall be numbered among thy seeds. This is us now. Uh, forever, for the land of their inheritance, for it is a choice land, saith God unto me, above all other lands, wherefore I will have all men that dwell thereon, that they shall worship me. Now God issues many, I, I will have this, I shall, they shall, you know, and they don't really work out, and then, you know, things don't go over well for us. Um, but that's the intent. The intent is that we should worship, um, that we should worship God. Um, this is, this is the restatement of what was stated so many times in the Old Testament, right? This land belongs to Yahweh. And people that live here have got to worship Yahweh, right? <laughs> uh, so it's the same thing kind of declared. Uh, now, now, bear in mind that in Jacob's time, you know, we're talking about, you know, lowland and highland Guatemala, maybe, uh, you know, eventually we'll be talking about southern Chiapas, and, right? Um, so we're not talking about whole of North and South America. That comes later. You know that th this is kind of extended, uh, extended out to the whole of North and South America. But we're really talking still about a relatively limited, uh, well, at this moment, a very extremely limited geography. I mean, if you're just counting the original settlers, you know, there can't be 50 people uh, separated off from the Lamanites and the Ishmaelites. Right? Now, counting counting in all the other people that that came with them, as we'll see, as we'll see, um, you know, I mean, you're talking about a couple hundred. At most a thousand, right? Limited, limited ge geography. We're really just talking about the local environments around uh, environs around the land of Nephi. What's going to be established as the land of Nephi? Well, let's see. Um, Twenty. And now, my beloved brethren, seeing that our merciful God has given us so great knowledge concerning these things, let us remember Him and lay aside our sins and not hang down our heads, for we are not cast off. Um, you know, this would have been a very big concern, I think. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. so, so they left, they left Jerusalem. Uh, definitely civilization. <laughs> you know, high, high civilization compared to what they would have been able to establish there, compared to the, the, the level of culture and civilization that they would have walked into at that time, right? Um, 
what they left, and some, you know, there was still plenty of people that knew it, um, what they left was really high civilization. And so Jacob has to say, yeah, but this is better, <laughs> right? We're not cast off. It's not, you know, we, we don't have to hang down our heads like we did something wrong. We're not cast off. This is actually a blessing. You can see he has to work at this, <laughs> right? <laughs> For we've been driven, nevertheless, well, we have been driven out of the land of our inheritance, this resuming uh, verse 20, but we have been led to a better land. For the Lord has made the sea our path, and we are upon an isle of the sea. See? See? We're fulfilling prophecy here, folks. Not so bad. 21. But great are the promises of the Lord to them who are upon the isles of the sea. Wherefore, as it says isles, I mean, you can totally read this in the Talmud. As it says isles, there must needs be more than this. Right? And they are inhabited also by our brethren. Um, oh, guys, you know, God... Uh, God blesses us, and we're not always super happy with the blessing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. I just, I just see that in Jacob in this moment. I see that in his people. They're working their butts off to establish a new city, and he has to tell them this is a blessing. <laughs> Twenty-two, for behold, the Lord God has led away from time to time from the house of Israel according to His will and pleasure. Oh, the, you know, we've probably mentioned this before. We said, we said that there were. Uh, we said that they were Canaanites in in South, in South Arabia because Nephi had said, yeah, the children of this land that were cast out from Palestine, uh, you know, if they had been righteous, you know, they wouldn't have been cast out, right? That was in that was in Southern Arabia. Well, there were Jews there too, uh, not necessarily at the time of Lehi, um, but you know, the the legend anyway, the legend of um, the Kamant people of Ethiopia is that they did come out at the destruction. So just, you know, not that many years behind Lehi, they came out at the destruction of the temple and journeyed south, and they and they lived in South Arabia. But then they crossed, um, crossed the, what is it, the Gulf of Aden, I think, and um, to the Horn of Africa and set up in, in and around Ethiopia. And they maintained their cultural identity for all these thousands of years. The command people, um, maintaining Jewish traditions and so forth like that. So that's one. That's one group of people. Um, supposedly the Qiangming uh, in China were another such people, and uh, the the documentation for that is pretty hard to find because they've been long gone. I think the last traces of them were in the 1920s um, of of people. But the but there's people hither and yon. Uh, in the world that that have showed that uh, preserved Jewish identity. Pause. Well, that was mom interrupting me to give me a kiss because of a joke that I played on her. All right, <laughs> and now I don't know where we are. Uh, oh, led led away. So so um, boy, it, it seems like uh, groups of Jews have been led off hither and yon all over the place. Now, when or how this would happen? Of course, there's legends of this elsewhere and. You know, in the British Isles and in Iceland and things like that. And how much credibility to give to any one of these things? Who can guess? Uh, <laughs> but um, in some in some cases, there's good, solid uh, evidence. So let away from time to time. Um, and now behold, this is still verse 22. And now behold, the Lord remembereth all them who have been broken off. Wherefore he remembereth us also. Remember that. Um, 
so there's two two aspects. One of it is genealogical. Okay, fine. They're descendants from Jews or Israelites that were led away. Okay. But when people lose their consciousness of being of Israel and they lose identity with the covenant, they lost their covenant, their identity as a child of the covenant, so to speak, to use more modern language, then they really kind of are lost from Israel and then they have to be grafted back on. They become kind of a Gentile, even though they're genealogically uh, Israel, right? So, so be alert for, it's not just genealogical identity, it's losing touch with and regaining touch with the covenant, okay? 23, therefore cheer up your hearts and remember that ye are free to act for yourselves, to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, reconcile yourselves to the will of God and not to the will of the devil and the flesh. And remember after ye are reconciled to God that it is only in and through the grace of God that ye are saved. What does it mean to be, to be reconciled? Uh, is, is it, it's kind of partly surrender, right? <laughs> it's partly surrender. It's like, okay, fine, you win. God, you win. Um, but it's also to integrate that. Uh, so, so God has this will, and I have this will. To be reconciled is me to reformat my will, to integrate that into the way that I think and do and think about my own history and my own future. I have to change all that. I need to you know, re reform all that, reformat all that to fit God's will. This is a big project. This is a really, really big project, and it's the ongoing one. My children, reconcile yourselves to the will of God um, and, and not the will of the flesh. Um, I don't know. What can I say more? Wherefore, may God raise you from death by the power of the resurrection. I'm not sure Jacob knows that the resurrection is universal yet. I don't know if that's general knowledge. And also from everlasting death by the power of the atonement, that ye may be received into the eternal kingdom of God, that ye may praise him through grace divine. Amen. My blessings on you this week. I love you guys. And we'll see you next time.